Hi, welcome to We Love Freely. We are a black and queer owned coaching business dedicated to help curate the ideal relationship you want with yourself and with others. The vision we have for this podcast is that we are a resource point for people who are currently looking for a relationship and looking for a better way to be satisfied in their current relationship. We hope to help those in monogamous, polyamorous, friendship, single, or any other various form of relationship that you practice today. Hey guys. Well, today um, our new guest is with us, Tara Anderson. Uh, and tell you, I want to tell you guys a little bit about her, about them. Right? Is they them, right? Yeah, uh, they them. They them pronouns. Awesome. Uh, Tara Anderson is a leading force for pleasure and intimacy in the LGBTQ community. And they have almost 20 years of experience working in embodiment and sexuality and over 20,000 hours fine-tuning this expertise in gender justice. Tara's unique approach to healing enjoys the power of activism and pleasure to help LGBTQ people to live more empowered and pleasured and liberated lives. Tara is the founder for Embody and Emerge, a somatic sex therapist, a pleasure and intimacy coach, a published researcher exploring the impacts of repression on the body. And through their work, Tara aims to move us closer to a world where pleasure doesn't compete with survival, but rather becomes a navigational force by which we crave and carve meaningful lives that is a mouthful so obviously we are in great hands with uh <laughs> is there anything i bit uh introducing you mm. i mean a few things that i think i'll name that are, are relevant for this conversation um are probably that i am uh trans i am white i am queer i am um polyamorous I, there's a lot of my social locations that are are integral to having this conversation and really supporting people. Um, and while that's not in my bio, I think it's important because y'all are listening to me, can't see me in person. Right, right. Yeah. Now, um, social location. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Social I've never lo- heard that term before. Yeah. Yeah. So looking at like the ways in which our society categorizes us as human beings. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and the way in the, which those identities intersect to create our lived experience, like mm-hmm. my my experience as a um, white trans person is going to be different than your experience, right? And so, really looking at the ways in which those um, those social locations impact how we live, what we have access to, all of those sorts of things. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Okay, never thought about that before. I, I like I like that a lot. You guys, I don't think I've ever really introduced my social locations, so I'm going to take the time to do that. Uh, uh, so I think my social location is Caribbean American, uh, queer, pansexual, solo polyamorous folk. I think folk is probably like the best term to like assign to like everybody. <laughs> so yeah, I vibe with it. I vibe with it pretty hard. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So today, Darren and I talked about exploring their sexuality in a committed relationship. Uh, and the resource we're providing today, as you know, we provide a new resource every week, uh, is the Erotic Blueprint Quiz. And Tara's going to sit down and, you know, walk us through what exactly is the Erotic Blueprint, um, how did it come about, and, uh, yeah, just how do we apply it. And, of course, in the show notes, you can get access to the link to the resource that we'll be talking about. So please feel free to follow along with us through those show notes. So, Tara. What exactly is the erotic blueprint, Chris? How did it come about? How did you get wrapped up into it all? Yeah, give us a little history on it. Yeah, so the erotic, let's start with what is the erotic blueprints, and then we can talk about the quiz. So the erotic blueprints are basically a, an arousal typology system that maps how your body is uniquely wired for pleasure. Mm. So what we're really looking at here is what turns you on? What are you aroused by? What do you lean in towards? How, how do we get your body to unfurl to pleasure? And every single person has their own unique way of doing that. And so the erotic blueprints creates a map for you to learn your body, your partner's body. Now, the quiz is a, there's a couple of different versions of the quiz that you'll have access to. One is a free version which is very simplistic. And the other is a paid version, which gives you a whole bunch of information about your erotic blueprint and some hints to kind of figure out your partners if they don't want to take the quiz themselves, right? And okay. so, yeah, so you'll have access in the show notes, like you said, to that quiz. So you can kind of start to do some digging about yourself and your own body. Yeah. And then you had asked me about how I got wrapped up in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so as you heard in the bio, I've been really fascinated by um, by pleasure and by gender and by bodies for most of my life, definitely my whole career. And I really have found that the erotic blueprints has been a a completely transformational system for understanding my body. And I came through to it through a partner. And then started to explore how the erotic blueprints can be um, really, really deeply awakening for LGBTQIA people in the ways in which we are exploring our bodies and relationships that are some similarities and some differences to heterosexual relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the word pleasure a lot, and it sounds like it's, it's the foundation for a lot of this work. How is that going to define pleasure? How do I define pleasure? Yeah. Oof. Um, that is a really good question. I define pleasure as our life work. Mm -hmm. um, the force that... Uh, this is a really good question, John. <laughs> I, de I define pleasure as the life force that... Um, awakens our bodies to what we want. Mm -hmm. Awakens our body to what we want. So it sounds like you can't have pleasure without desire. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think that you can have pleasure mm -hmm. without desire, but it's what you do with that pleasure. It's like, is this what I want? Or mm -hmm. is this not what I want? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. So the decision if I want it or not comes with the desire, but not with the pleasure. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. It's a working definition. No, yeah. The rights too. <laughs> we can, I, I, and of course, I'm excited to hear like what you guys think the definition of pleasure is. Um, do you guys think about pleasure that often? I don't think I really did until I saw these like erotic blueprint types, and I was like, hmm, I don't think I think too much about how I like to be pleasured in my life. Uh, and going over this quiz and this type, especially the, the more in depth one, I was able to be like, okay, like this is where I like to be pleasured. This is where my desires lie, and this is where it doesn't. And now if I have like clear communication with my partner, which leads to a lot less stress, which we all like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and so, so let's get into the erotic blueprint types. I, I kind of just mentioned it. Um, but when you go through the quiz, there'll be uh, five different types. Um, and there's energetic, sensual, sexual, kinky, and then shapeshifter. Um, can we just kind of run through all five of those and uh just a quick description of each one yep i'll give you a really quick rundown yeah so in the order that you named energetic people are folks who are really turned on by anticipation by longing by tease by space mm. right energetic people have a superpower of really being able to come to orgasm or experience really heightened states of pleasure without even being touched they're the folks that you lock eyes with from across the room and you can feel them right? mm. really viscerally. Energetic people tend to uh, sometimes find roadblocks to pleasure around like being hypersensitive where their bodies will get like too sensitive and then they need to, to you know, kind of shut down or re-regulate. Mm-hmm. Energetic people also sometimes get a little hierarchical, like, oh, my type of sex is the best type of sex. Shadow uh, sides of, of the, the energetic. All types have shadow sides. All types have superpowers. We'll talk about each of them. Mm-hmm. So that's a quick rundown for energetic. Sensual people are the folks who really want all of their senses ignited. Okay. Right? They find paths to pleasure through taste through sound through touch through smell all of it right and they are the type of people who really want to relax mm-hmm. to experience arousal in their body whereas we'll talk about the sexual in a moment and sexuals really love to have sex in order to relax mm-hmm. sexuals really need to relax in order to have sex yeah Sensual people, their superpower is the ability to experience orgasm or really heightened states of pleasure through all of their senses. And sensual shadow often comes up when they get in their head and they they have like really elusive orgasms or they're, you know, in the moment of arousal and then they start talking, thinking about the, the grocery list or the pile of laundry on the floor or the lights are too bright or the sound's not right, right? Yeah. So, Sensuals tend to really get caught up in their senses. Whereas sexuals, sexuals are like our society is really conditioned into the sexual blueprint. They get turned on by nudity, by, you know, our our socially ascribed sexual zones like breasts, genitals, butts, like all of those types of body parts. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
they want to see sex be really genitally focused. You know, and they're really interested in orgasm. They're like really stuck on like, I want to orgasm. If I'm yeah. engaged in sex, it has a goal, right? Right. Um, and by orgasm, you mean like the actual physical ejaculation. Yeah. And we can talk about this later, but I think there's multiple different types of orgasms. It's not just yeah. that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might like. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the sexuals tend to, that's their shadow, is they tend to get really fixated on a certain type of orgasm. Mm-hmm. And often this, the journey for the destination. Yeah. Right? Um, their superpowers, however, is that they love spontaneity and mm. so much joy and carefree energy to the sexual experience, right? Because um, they can really just jump in, go zero to 60, you know? Um, so that's the sexual blueprint. The kinky blueprint, kinkies tend to be turned on by whatever is taboo. They really love the naughty factor. Right. Yeah. And so if you were raised in a household that said that sex is between a cisgender man and a cisgender woman for procreation only in missionary position, doing it doggy style is going to be taboo to you. Well, right? yeah. Yeah. When we're talking about the kinky blueprint, we're not talking about BDSM. We're not talking about, you know, for those of you who might not know that acronym, like bondage or discipline or submission or dominance or any of that stuff. Um, we are really just talking about what is taboo to your system and where you were raised and your social locations, all of those things. Right. right. Um, and kink superpowers, they, they really, um, they can really find altered states of consciousness through sex, mm-hmm. and not just genital focused sex, like through all of their, you know, their sensory experiences through psychological play, they can find these altered states of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Whereas their shadow side is really shame. You know, they mm-hmm. tend to get, because their arousal really comes from what's taboo, there's a lot of shame and hiding around that. Yeah. A lot of Kinky's experience, you know, a, a real depth of like, I don't know if I can share what I really want. Um, now, the shapeshifter is the last blueprint. Shapeshifters want it all, right? <laughs> they they can move through the other blueprints with such fluidity and ease. In fact, shapeshifters' true satisfaction comes from having it all. Mm-hmm. It comes from, you know, the the novelty and the ability to change and experience multiple sensations, multiple blueprints at the same time. And what they tend to get hung up on is feeling like they're too much. Uh, yeah. Feeling like they, um, they can't really ask for what they want because it might be different all of the time. Mm-hmm. So what happens for shapeshifters is they tend to morph into their partner's blueprint because they can. Yeah. You know, and they get stuck there and then they get bored and they're not really being fed. Yeah. Uh, Hi, you guys. Just wanted to step in real quick and talk about ways that you can support We Love Freely. As you are listening, if you like the content, please don't forget to follow and rate the show. It would really help to get the awareness of these free resources out there in the world. Additionally, if you're looking for more of a classroom-like resource, check out our website, We Love Freely, to purchase e-courses covering topics like struggling with jealousy to, I want to spice up my sex life a little bit. 
You can find these e-courses and prices on welovefreely.com. That's W-E-L-U-V-F-R-E-E-L-Y.com. Thanks. Now back to the show. Is your gateway to pleasure. Which it opens you to the rest of them. Yeah. And so in the course of development of our erotic selves, we can explore every single one of them. We can change our primary blueprint, all of that. What we're really looking at is how do we get your body to unfurl what's erotically possible for you? Yeah. I was just about to ask you, like, can you be more than one type at the same time? But it sounds like we're really more looking at what's the gateway, what's the starting point that's like more um, easily accessible um, than the other ones. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about this or if you know about this, but uh, I studied the Enneagram and the way that I practice the Enneagram uh, as an Enneagram coach is that if you may be a type five or a type seven, it doesn't mean you don't have access to the other eight types. It's just that it's easily accessed at type seven. And then from that point on, you can go forward and access all the other resource points. So it sounds like it's similar here. Very similar to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. <clears throat> so what are three benefits that you think is of knowing your erotic blueprint? Gosh, there are so many. There are so many benefits. I know. I had to, I had to love you down to three. <laughs> when we started recording about like gosh if, if everyone had this erotic education the world would change truly yeah. so i think some of the primary benefits are knowing your body so mm-hmm. you know how to ask for what you want right um also knowing not only your desires but your vulnerabilities right so you can start to navigate those things really consciously in relationship i think the second benefit of the erotic difference is being able to learn about your partner's type okay so that you can start to feel more confidence feeding and knowing how to help them navigate arousal because you know for y'all who yeah there you go you're back <laughs> um you know for those of you who are in community relationships one of the things that you know is that our, our sexual selves ebb and flow And so being able to have the language to talk to your partner or be able to read your partner's signals in new, more informed ways to be able to help them access arousal Mm -hmm. is a really key benefit here. And I think the last main benefit, and I know there are so many others I could name, is really learning the map to ex- like explore what else is possible for me. No. Mm. What is my type? What is my partner's type? But where are the edges that I could start to explore into? Yeah. What is possible for my body? Where do I find interest in the places I don't know about yet? What is the your next frontier? Yeah. I'm really learning how to access those places. Mm. I love that last point because <clears throat> I think one of like the relationship issues that people have is that they feel kind of stagnant in a, in a relationship that they've been in for a long period of time. They get comfortable, you know, they know each other pretty well, but they want something new, but they don't want to threaten what they already have. <clears throat> so looking at it more of like, it's not necessarily like you're looking for something new, but you're exploring for what you have. As a third benefit for the erotic blueprint, I think that's 
with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So when when do you believe it's a good time to take the quiz when you're in a relationship? Let's say like you're in a committed relationship. Um, when do you think it's actually good to learn your partner's like blueprint type? Like in a first date? <laughs> or like six months in? engagement like or like just gonna wait until you're married yeah Mm -hmm. so my answer to this question is now is the right time yeah (laughs) (laughs) for you now is the right time and the reason that i say this is that having the information for yourself whether you're partnered or not no matter how long that you you know the two of you have been partnered or how many partners you have whatever like that part of just knowledge is i mean that's that's power that's erotic power for yourself more that is possible and so whether or not um this relationship that you're in is new or it's been around for a really long time like what is the what are you risking by knowing more about yourself it's a good point yeah so you know Funny story, I talked about the erotic blueprints with my nested partner on our first date. Yeah. And we've been married for a couple of years now. And the erotic blueprints was our gateway in. Wow. Now, I will tell you, when I learned that my partner was energetic, mm-hmm. I waited to kiss them. Wow. Uh, that first date. I gave them a long hug. I looked them in the eye. You know, I put my hand on their cheek. And I said good night, and I turned around, and I walked away, and that set their loins on fire because hey. I, I want it. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, like even just the first, like in the very first moments of getting to know someone, there is so much power in learning about how one is wired for arousal. Now, I also have clients who have been married for a very, very long time, or have been together for you know decades, and um, they have explored so much of their sexual terrain and their sexual yeah. reality. But without the language to learn about what else is possible, we get into rut. Right. Yeah. And so there is something really powerful even for like, you know, relationships that have been um, established for a really long time to be able to open up the, the newness of like the Pandora's box around it. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so now, answer to that question. Answer to that is now. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> yeah. So in addition to the quiz that you provided for us to have access to, you also provided a little exercise <clears throat> to us to go through to figure out what exactly is our type, you know, in addition to the quiz. Uh, and so I figured we'd kind of like walk through the exercise and yeah, and whatnot. Uh, so... You said in the first step is to create a list of agreed upon types of, of touches, right? Uh, what would you say is a good resource to go to to learn about the different types of touches? Because I think for a lot of people, they just thought, oh, that's a touch. Um, but after some research I've done, I know I th- there's, there's a bu- bucket load of different types of touches. So what are some resources that you believe um, is a good place for people to go to for find different types of touch and um, maybe you can share a few that you've learned that maybe not the main public knows about. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So some resources, if you want to learn from me, I teach touch workshops all the time. Perfect. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy to, you know, you'll find my website and those sorts of things in the show notes. You can look those up. Mm-hmm. But also the Erotic Blueprint Breakthrough course is a great place to go. It's like an eight module online self-paced course that will teach you from the creator of the Erotic Blueprints, Jaya, and her partner, Ian. Um, they'll teach you about all of these different types of touch and what they need for your blueprints. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So those are a couple of really easy, accessible resources. Um, some types of touch. So let's just do one like really easy one for each of the, the blueprints. Okay. So energetics tend to like space, right? So the experience of maybe hovering hand over a person's body, but not quite touching them and feeling the magnetism between your hand and their skin. Mm. That's an energetic touch. Or just laying your fingertips on their body and moving very slowly such that you can only feel the hairs on their skin. Mm. Right. An energetic touch. <laughs> Sensuals really love touch that that curves around all of the the folds and shapes of the body. So fill your whole hand with your partner's body. Mm-hmm. Really like map as if you were um, trying to touch as much of their skin as possible, as slowly as possible. Mm. That's a really great way to just learn about sensual touch. Sexuals, you know, they're really about their erogenous zones. So go straight for the genitals. Right. Obviously, with consent, this whole game, of course, is all about consent. But, you know, we're talking about direct general touch, direct touch to the nipples, to the lips, any of any part of the body that swell with arousal. Mm-hmm. Those places are really going to be like where the sexuals thrive. Right. Yeah. Then kinkies really love often touch that has a little bit of a pain to it. Right. Um, so pleasure and pain, this is a really important teaching point that they're really deeply connected. Yes. A lot of us. So think about, um, you know, gentle pinching, pinching that like, and I say gentle as in everyone's body is going to be different. So of course. Like, you know, how hard is this? Where is your pleasure point? Where does it become less pleasurable? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So pinching, scratching, biting, those types of touch are going to be kinky touches. And then shapeshifters are like, give me everything. I want all of it. So you're going to move between those other four types of touch that I just named. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be a really helpful place to start. And where this game starts is talking with your partner about what types of touch do you want to try. Right. Right. And given that information I just gave you, really looking at like, Okay, where do you want energetic touch? Where do you want sensual touch? Mm-hmm. Oh, do you want me to like cut my hand around your shoulders and down your arms, squeeze your hand? You know, is that one type of touch? Or do you want me to uh, scratch the back of your neck and down your spine? You yeah. know, really like looking at where do you want to try these different types of touch mm-hmm. and create a list. Uh, What's really important with consent here is that both the person receiving the touch agrees to be touched like that. Mm-hmm. 
person giving the touch agrees to give the touch like that. Right. That goes both ways. Yes. Important piece of that. Perfect. So the second step is one person's a giver, just like you were just mentioning, and one person's a receiver. How long do you think a session should last before you switch? As long as your body has the capacity to be present. Okay. The receiver and the giver. Yeah. So if you know that you can really only stay present in your body for five minutes, do the game for five minutes, four minutes. Yeah. There's someone who's like, oh my, I'm a shape shifter and I want you to touch me for two hours. And your partner's like, also a shape shifter and so down for a two hour session, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it really is about your capacity to stay present in your body with your pleasure. <clears throat> and to kind of like follow up with that, do you have any, uh, I call them language templates, but like for me, uh, hey, I'll try and give you an example. Like whenever it's time for me to switch, if, if, if I was doing an exercise of this and I was happy to switch, I would probably say along the lines of like, um, thank you so much for what you've given to me. And like, I think it's time for me to step away from this and take a break and then revisit. So like that kind of like language, do you have like any recommended language that you would give to the audience when it's like time for them to switch? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to just name what might be underneath this question. Okay. Which is, uh, and tell me if this is true of the question you're asking or if I'm just, you know, creating my own narrative about it. Because that's yeah. totally possible. But what often is true around this communication piece is how do I speak my need in my capacity without insulting my partner or making them feel wrong? Yes. Yes, 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 that, and uh, how do I honor myself? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. where it's just like, how do I recognize when I'm at my capacity? Mm-hmm. So, yes, and. Yes, great. So the first thing that I would say is before you even enter the game, create some parameters. Okay. Like, this is how we both agree that we're going to tell each other when we're done. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you know going into it exactly what you need to say. That's mm-hmm. going to meet everybody's needs and have everyone feel like cared for, excited, fulfilled, connected upon stopping or switching roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, that's going to be different for every couple based on our attachment and what we need and what you know our communication style. Um, for me, I love what you named about gratitude. And naming where you're at and naming what you need. Right? Yeah. Like, thank you. Um, I'm, I've reached my capacity. I need to step away now. Right? The, like, gratitude, naming where you're at and naming what you need. That's a really great template. Just okay. To start. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And is there, I didn't, um, is there, a, do you recommend aftercare um, before you switch or after the whole session? Um, also, should I explain what aftercare is? It's probably explain what aftercare is. Uh, okay. Or you can explain what you think is. Uh, you can explain aftercare as well. Uh, but for me, aftercare uh, is essentially, and, and I, I practice this after every 
sexual obsession that I have with like a significant partner of mine. <clears throat> um, but aftercare is essentially any time like after you've been really vulnerable with somebody and you're just caring for the other person and it's like the most like relaxing and like grounding um, activity that you can do um, for your partner and for yourself. It's, when I see when I think about aftercare, it's usually a, a partnership thing. It's not usually a I do my own thing, you do your own thing, but it can be. Um, like for example, if we were just like have like a really intense like uh, session with each other um, in the bedroom, I love watching New Girl, <laughs> so I would love to like cuddle and put on New Girl and just like uh, have my head scratch, and that's like my my aftercare. Uh, I know aftercare is pretty popular with the bdsm community but i think it applies to any scenario when you've been like really vulnerable with your partner anyways that's how i see aftercare what do you how do you see it yeah absolutely i think that that's a really beautiful frame around it i the few things that i might add are that aftercare is for both the giver and the receiver Mm -hmm. right and i would encourage you to have these conversations with your partner before you go in and then also check in about the possibility of your needs that you established previously, the possibility that they change afterward, mm. right? So you might say, oh yeah, before, before I go in, I want to name, you know, after this, I'm going to take 30 minutes to go take a shower, to be with myself, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to want to connect with you. And after you do the game, you might be like, screw that shower. I just want to drop in right now, yeah. right? And so there's like, really an opportunity here for you to plan ahead and also be with yourself in the moment yeah yeah wow 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 wait hold on i love i love that and i've never really thought about it before you presented what we talked about before as an option and not as a requirement and i think i really like that a lot because when i think of aftercare ish i think about it more like okay, I'm going to need to do this after this scenario happens. But I've never thought about like it being an option. I was like, hey, like, do you still need this after this? And it was like, oh, no. actually, no, I'm, I think I'm pretty good. And it allows that person to see the, the, um, the growth that they can have. I was like, oh, wow, like usually I need like X, Y, and Z, but in this scenario, I don't. I love, like I'm seeing the growth in me. So like that is, that's really beautiful to see as an option and not as a requirement. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The point of aftercare for me is to help both parties ground into themselves and their connection. Yeah. Right. Or I say both parties, but it can be all parties. All parties. All sexual experiences are between two people. Right. Right. Uh, so that feels like the point to me. And if we plan for something for the future, and we stick to that plan at the expense of what our present self actually needs, <laughs> you know, that's defeating the purpose. Right. right? Yeah. Versus actually checking on the self and saying, okay, I made this plan. Is that still where I'm at? Is that still where you're at? Mm-hmm. And really being able to um, be with ourselves in the moment. That's actually the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's to be there in the moment. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh- so in the session itself and you you know you've you created the types of touches that you want to try right 
um, and uh, the giver is giving you these particular touches that the receiver said was okay. Um, and let's say the receiver doesn't like it mm. anymore. Um, what is some language that you give to the receiver to tell the giver, I don't like it without it like making the giver feel bad? Like, oh, is it me? Is, am I just like doing it wrong? Yeah. Yeah. So the point of this whole game is to discover what your partner likes and what your partner does not like. That is the whole point. It is not about you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Your partner's body. Yeah. Right. And so one of the things I really encourage people to do is with this game, what's important is that you're giving two types of touches. So you give a touch A and a touch B. And what you're asking is what is more pleasurable, touch A or touch B? Mm. You might do energetic touch on your partner's chest and sensual touch on your partner's arms. What is more pleasurable? touch A or touch B. And they can say A or B is more pleasurable, right? That's the whole point. Um, if your partner doesn't like something and wants you to stop, they fully get the right to be like, nope, that's not for my body. The, the thing to do is to not make it about the person who's doing the touching. Right. Which yeah. is tricky. That is tricky. Really yeah. Mm. Do you think there's like, you ever run across a scenario where one touch is more pleasurable in a particular situation than another? For example, you, maybe you find like energetic touch to be an easier thing in public than it is in, in the privacy of your home. <clears throat> it, do you find that scenario happening pretty often? And um, yeah, how do you walk that through with your clients? Absolutely. I see that all the time. I mean, our body's needs are going to be different in each environment that we're in, depending mm -hmm. upon our level of safety, our level of openness, right? Our level of connection, our personal resourcing, like so many factors play into what your body is able to receive in any moment. And so one of the things that, you know, I support my clients to do is to really have the language to communicate about what's working for them. Mm. Right? And so um, what's incredible about blueprints is that they just give you this really succinct way to say, I'm feeling energetic right now. Uh, and knows, oh, I know exactly how to operate in that. Yeah. Right. Versus being like, I'm in my sensual and your body, your partner knows like, oh, this is what my partner's, my partner's body needs. Right. right. And so it's just a very easy way to like, give direction mm -hmm. so that you can work together to facilitate as much pleasure as possible in your connection. Mm, love that. Yes. Uh, uh, I love good language. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I, um, and so with this exercise, once you complete it with your partner, obviously you switch and then they try their t list as well. Um, what if you find that your partner is more resistant to try your type, your blueprint, your blueprint type? Like, how do you work with your clients to kind of overcome this? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And I actually see it a lot because there is this incredible phenomenon that happens with human beings where we're often attracted to the things that we're not. Yeah. 
And so yeah. I so often see couples who have mismatched blueprints or really like contradictory needs. Like I was naming the difference between the sensual and the sexual, like the sensuals need to relax to have sex and the sexual need to have sex to relax. Yeah. <laughs> right? And when sensuals and sexuals get together, you know, like what, how do they navigate that? And I think that one of the things that's really important is to meet the resistance where it's at. Right. And so really to, to create space and resourcing around like, what is your resistance to, uh, to stepping into exploration around my blueprint and really seeking to understand rather than convince. Okay. And often yeah. that step of like, okay, what is happening for you here at seeking to understand can start to open up more opportunities to meet those that are underlying the resistance mm -hmm. so that y'all can move towards more compatibility and exploration together at ease in that exploration. Um, another piece I really want to make explicit is that the desire to explore erotic blueprint or anything about your sexuality for that matter mm -hmm. does not mean inherently that the connection that you have is not enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that that often is a hang up for couples that is like, if I want to explore more, if I want to discover more, it means that what I've got is inadequate. And that fundamentally has to be understood as untrue. That actually yeah. this is about like, why wouldn't you, you step into more expansiveness? Why wouldn't you step into more pleasure? Um, and really coming together around that spirit of exploration and adventure together. I love that in theory, but I do know there's a lot of people out there who aren't really open to explore and to be adventurous for any number of reasons. And they may not even know what those reasons are, to be honest. And so I think maybe like booking a session with you and kind of like walking through that would be really beneficial to those um, relationships. And so if they do find that issue, you know, with applying this blueprint quiz and, or applying this exercise, uh, where can they find you to book a session with you? Yeah. So in the show notes, there'll be a link to schedule a passionate possibilities call with me. And that yeah. is an opportunity to have a 90 minute call where we really look at what are the obstacles that you're facing in your relationship and what are you looking to, to gain? What are the pathways to get you there? And so after that call, you'll have a really clear understanding of one, what is it that you're needing? And, you know, am I the fit to help you get there? Right. So regardless of what, if, whether we end up moving forward uh, to work together, you'll have more information at the end of that call. Um, I also want to name really explicitly, it's my belief that it only takes one person to change a dynamic. <laughs> and so even if you're in a partnership where your partner's uninterested in exploring the blueprint. If you know your own body in a way that allows you to communicate your needs differently than you would have without that information, that can be enough to support something to shift. Mm. Some pivotal change, even if it's just one partner of a partnership that is able to engage. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also have the link to the to the quiz and you can learn so much from that quiz yeah <clears throat> awesome
Well, yeah, I highly recommend booking one of those sessions with Tara and also the quiz as well. Um, if people are not really having an issue, but they just want to follow your content, you know, and just see what, what you're up to, uh, how can they find you? Yeah, so I'm on all the social media platforms at Embody Emerge. Okay. Uh, Instagram's definitely my most active these days, so please find me there. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to connecting. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us about the erotic blueprint and the exercise that we went through. I learned so much. I hope you guys did too. And yeah, I will see you guys later. Thank you so much. Bye. All right, bye. Again, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of We Love Freely. Please check out the show notes for copies of the resources we went over today and contact information for our guests. Additionally, please check out We Love Freely on Instagram and TikTok to keep up to date on future episodes and live chats. Hope you have a gorgeous week. Much love. Mwah.